0: Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Activate Podcast. You can check out past episodes on SoundCloud.com or on iTunes by searching Activate Jillian Pelkey. Would you bow your hearts with me as we pray? We're going to get right into what the Word of God has for us today. God, I thank you for each person that's listening. God, I thank you for each person in each heart. God, I pray that you would help us today to hear from you, that you would help us today to get a fresh word. Jesus, you are the bread of life. You are living water. You have everything that we need. And so, God, we come before you, and we ask that, God, you would would give us what we need. We thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to let God get some glory. I want to let God get some glory from the things that he has been doing in my life, from the things that I have seen him do, the ways that we see him moving. We were driving in the car earlier today with my two sons, and uh, somebody started talking about the song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One One by One. It's an old Sunday school song. And so uh, I started out loud to name uh, funny little blessings that we had in our lives, air-conditioned car. I started naming people, and then they're joking around, Mom, stop, stop, stop. You keep talking too much. Just count them. Just count them. So I go, one, two, three, four, and so we're we're all joking around and um, begin talking about blessings and thinking about all that God's done. And then as I was preparing for this podcast, I was looking through a journal that I had. And in my journal, I had done this thing where I wrote blessings, and then I wrote uh, things that I'm repenting for and things I'm asking God for. And to look back at some of the things that I wrote down as blessings, they are amazing. They are funny. And I, I would love to take all my lists of things I wrote down every day and put them in one big, giant, long list and really just begin to count the blessings of God, the things that he has done. It would go on and on. Imagine if you took the blessings of, of every day, and accumulated them in a giant long list. Look what the Lord has done. Look at the ways that He has come through in your life, in my life, in the life of believers everywhere, believers around the globe. God is providing for people right now as you're listening to this. He is providing for people in China. He's providing for people in Guatemala, in Liberia, around the globe. He is coming through for people who call on His name. What a great God we serve. I don't want to do things with my life that would bring glory to myself. I don't want to do things in my life that aren't filled with faith. If I could do it on my own, then how is God going to get the glory? I want to do things that are impossible with me so that God gets the glory. Those kind of things are usually God ideas or God moments in life. When when we begin to think about things that God called people to do, like Abraham, he called Abram from Ur of the Chaldeans. He said, I want you to take your family. I want you to move to a place that I will show you. That back then was just playing crazy. You just didn't do that. You didn't take up your family and move. You didn't pack up your things. It was dangerous. It would probably cost you your life. You didn't know what was on the other side of the world. You had no idea what the rest of the world was like, except what you had heard from other people. You didn't have books. You didn't have ways of knowing things. And Abram takes his family and he goes, sets out on a journey, and I'm sure, The people in the village, people in his family were saying, Abram, where are you going? I don't know. I'm listening to God. But where are you going? It's getting closer and closer to the day that you're going to leave. Where are you going? I don't know, but I'm trusting the God of the universe. And so with Abram's story, God got all the glory because this wasn't an Abram's great adventure. This was God's great plan. And in our lives, we want to fashion it the same way. I don't want Jill's grand adventure. I want God's great plan. We look at people like David who listened to the voice of the Lord and went out and said, I'm going to fight a giant of an an opposition from another army. I'm going to fight him. They said, all right, put on Saul's armor. And because David was in tune with the spirit of the living God, he said, no, I'm not going to wear that armor. That armor doesn't fit me. I'm going to do what God said to do. I am sure that his brothers, I am sure that the other soldiers, I am sure that the enemy's camp, I'm sure that everyone looked at David and thought, this kid is going to die today. But David had a God story brewing up inside of him. God said it. And so he was willing to go and do it. You think about Joseph, when God begins to reveal to him that he is going to rise up to a a place of power and that people are going to bow down to him. Everyone hated that story. Nobody wanted to get on board with that story. And yet it was a God plan for his life. And I'm sure in the depths of prison, I'm sure in the depths of a pit, he was holding on to that promise and other people would have said, this doesn't look good for you, Joseph. You must have had a bad dream. This wasn't a good dream. And I don't think it's going to come to pass. And yet it did. I want to concentrate in magnifying glass a little bit here on the person of Noah. Could you imagine what it was like in the days of Noah? Noah. The Bible says the end of the world, the end times will be a lot like the days of Noah. But in the days of Noah, the account says that the thoughts of man were evil continually. From the moment they got up to the moment they went to bed, their thoughts were evil. But there was one, let's count them, one, one righteous man and his name was Noah. Could you imagine being that counterculture? Could you imagine being that different than the rest of the entire known world? Everyone was doing one thing and you were doing something different. Everyone was acting one way and you were doing something different with you and your family. And then God tells him to build a boat in a place where it had never rained before because rain was coming. And Noah went on this God adventure. He went on this God adventure. And who got the glory? Not Noah, God. God raised him up. We think about Moses. You would look at Moses and say, Moses, you are are disqualified. You killed a man. There is no way that you could lead a nation out of slavery. You're done for, plus you're too old. But God used a stuttering old man to free his people. And who got the glory? God got the glory. Moses was too young, David, or Moses was too old, and David was too young, and Joseph was too silly with his dreams, and Abraham was just nuts for leaving his family, and Noah was different than everybody else. All of these people got little credit compared to God and that's how it should be when God takes you and uses you God gets all the glory how are amazing things happening in your life God gets all the glory Abram could have come up with his own plan but it wouldn't have been as glorious as as being the father of the nation of God of the nation of Israel Joseph could have come up with his own plan, but Joseph couldn't foresee a famine coming. Moses couldn't foresee all that God had positioned him for and planned for him. Noah didn't know about rain. These were God moments. These were God-ordained things. And I truly believe that God has ordained things for you. For this generation, for this season, for this time period in your family, with your surrounding neighborhood, with your town, with your tribe, with your people, God has a plan and a purpose for your life right now. The Lord put on my heart today, Mark chapter 4. And as I read Mark chapter 4, it is a parable, a story that Jesus told to the followers and all the people who had gathered around. This is a story of a farmer who goes out and he tosses seed with the hopes that it will grow. He puts seed out with the hopes that good things will come from the seed. And what happens to the seed is some of it gets on rocky soil and it doesn't bloom the same right way. We're going to read it. We're going to go right to Mark chapter four, verse one. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat on it in the lake. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables or stories. And in teaching, he said, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plant so that they did not bear grain. Still other seeds fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Then Jesus said, He who has ears, let him hear. When he was alone, the 12 and the others around him asked him about the parable, and he told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. To those on the outside, everything is said in parable, so that those who have ears may be ever hearing but never hear, those who may be ever seeing but never perceiving. Otherwise they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes, who's the bird, Satan the bird comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on the rocky place, hear the word, and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like the seeds sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desire for other things comes in and chokes out the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. We would all like to just put ourselves in the last category, right? (laughs) We'd all like to look at that parable and say, yeah, I'm the one that's bearing crops. I'm the one that's producing 30, 60, 100 fold And I would say to you, yes, amen. Praise God. All glory goes to God because a little tiny seed was planted in you. And look at what it has become. When we start to look at the blessings, when we start to look at the God plan of our lives, we might be in the middle of it like Joseph was, or we might be at a point where we can start to see it just like Moses as years and years of leading God's people. He was living in amazing times when water would come from a rock, when manna would drop from from heaven, when quail would drop from heaven, he was living in amazing times. Are you living in that amazing time of your life? Is God using your life to bring glory to him. I feel like as long as I have breath in my lungs, God can use my life. As long as I have another moment on this earth, I'm gonna use it to bring glory to God. I'm not gonna waste a day. I'm not gonna waste a moment. I'm not gonna waste an interaction. I'm gonna listen for the voice of God and I'm gonna go and live out a life of faith. I'm gonna put feet to my faith and do the things that God has called me to do. I'm gonna wake up my faith. And go and do all that God has planned for my life. Because in my weakness, he's made strong. He plants just this little tiny seed. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And look at what it is now. I'm going to preach at a a, a camp meeting for a church on Wednesday. And I started to write out my bi- biography of what I wanted to say at the beginning. And I kept erasing it because it felt like I was bragging when I began to list all the things that I am able to do, all the the, the places that I'm able to serve. It just felt like a list of, of bragging. And God just began to show me, look what I did with you. Look what I did with you. Because see, I know myself. I know what I've been through. I know how wicked my heart can be. I know I got kicked out of Bible college for getting pregnant before I was married. I know the sinfulness that my heart leans towards. And look what God has done with my life because I've surrendered to him. I said, God, whatever you want to take out, take out. Whatever direction you want to point me and I will go. God, you are my compass, not my feelings, not my uh, wants or desires. God, whatever you have, I will do. And I'll mess up sometimes, but God, I'm coming running right back to you. And because my life has been surrendered, God has been able to produce a crop with my life. And I believe he can do it with yours because if he can do it with mine, he can surely do it with anyone. You think of Mother Teresa, when she started out, she got kicked out of the first convent that she was in. She got kicked out because she was listening to God's voice for her life. And it was part of the journey that God had for her to get her to Calcutta, to get her into India, exactly where God had meant for her to be, to see the things that she was meant to see so that he could produce a crop in her life that was more than a hundredfold. Her, her harvest was huge. The people that came to know God because of her, but she stayed so humble throughout her entire life. So humble. Not wanting money to be wasted on frivolous things, but wanting money to go to those who were impoverished and poor, to those who were dying and in the deepest need. God was able to craft her life, but it didn't look like the world wanted it to look. It looked like God wanted it to look. Abram's life was not planned for him by the people around him. It was planned by God. Same with Joseph and David and same with Noah, same with Paul and Peter, if people of his day were to plan his life, they would tell Paul, the apostle, to stop preaching to those crazy Gentiles that the gospel shouldn't be for everyone. It's only for the Jewish people. But God had spoken into Paul's life and God wants to speak into your life. He wants to set you on a path. In Mark, it goes on to say that we are like a lamp. Do you take a lamp and hide it under a bowl? No, you put it out for everyone to see. You put it out on display for the world to see. And that's what God wants to do with the faithfulness of your life. If you have let the word of God take root in your life, if you have let the the seed of the gospel, the seed of Jesus Christ grow inside of you, then you need to go and do the things that God has purpose for you to do. Let your faith spring up and produce fruit. Keeping with repentance, remembering who we are and who God is. Remembering that we are his, everything that we have is through him. Our faith journey is all about bringing glory to God and bringing more people into the kingdom of God. We got to let go of the weight of sin that slows us down and trips us up. Because God has a miraculous plan for our lives. And the story of Abram is so perfect with this. Because we look at Abram who obeyed God, who took his family. Could you imagine by faith God saying, come on, get your stuff packed. Get it all in a U-Haul. Start the U-Haul and I'll tell you where you're going. Right now, check your heart. Would you do that? If God said to pack up your stuff, put it in boxes, quit your job, would you do it? And he's going to show you where you're going to go. That is crazy. Unless God said it to you. It's crazy. But this, this journey of faith that Abram went to go. Take a step and I'll show you where you're going next. This is, this is Abram's life. He packed up all his stuff. People were questioning him and he left and he followed after God. But here's what happened with this great. He is the father of our faith, Abram. Who becomes Abraham? He falls into sin. He goes to a place and tells people that his wife is really his sister. And he does this to to try to take matters into his own hands. He thinks he's got to protect himself and his wife that God's not going to come through, that he can't trust God. And each one of us fall into that same trap. Sometimes we fall into that trap of sin where we think, God, you've taken me this far, but maybe you don't know enough details. Maybe you can't comprehend like I can comprehend all the parts of this situation. So I'm going to go ahead and move in front of you, God. I'm going to take the lead. You step back. I'm going to take the lead. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to take things into my own hands and do things my own way. We do that and Abram did that. But God forgives him because he's quick to repent. He's quick to find a place where he makes an altar before the Lord. God still uses him. God will still use you. If we keep with repentance, God's faith story for us is beyond, beyond what we can comprehend, beyond what we can imagine. So Abram goes on to do glorious things for the Lord. But then he messes up and he does the same sin again. I don't know about you, but I have been like Abram. I have fallen into the same sin more than once. And God is faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. But my heart has to remain pliable. I have to remember who God is and who I am. And I have to remember that Christians fall. But it's not about falling. It's about our hearts being repentant and staying the course, because our roots are deep. We're not like those on the rocky soil who who sprang up quickly, who had all the glory quickly. No, we give the glory to God. We rise up slowly, but our roots are deep. Our roots are deep, and they're the roots of repentance and forgiveness, repentance and forgiveness, repentance and forgiveness where we have this arrangement with God that no matter what, I'm coming back to him because he is Abba Father. He's like the dad I run to when I mess up, not the dad I run away from and hide from. Adam and Eve, they hid from God, but we have to run towards God because he already told us that he's gonna forgive us. It doesn't matter what we do. He says he's gonna forgive us, but we have to have hearts of repentance. And because of his great love for us, we don't wanna go on sinning so that he can keep forgiving us. We don't use that as an excuse. Oh, God will forgive me anyway. No, because we want to live our lives of faith. We want to live our lives of faith, but we are human beings and there is no sin that is not, you ready for this word? Common, common to man. Every great person in the Bible, it also records a great sin that they fell into. Every single one of them, except for Jesus Christ. David, King David, who fights Goliath king david who doesn't kill saul when he has the chance king david who is a man after god's own heart king david who scripted the psalms who who led many people into battle who conquered kingdoms david fell into sin and if david fell into sin surely the scripture is true that says there is not a sin that's not common to man so it's not a surprise that we fall into sin We just have to find our way to quick repentance before God, where our hearts remain pliable to him. God can use us. In our weakness, he can use us as long as we remember who God is and who we are. We throw away any sin that's hindering us, any weight that's weighing us down. Because we want to live a life of faith. My question to you today is, did you hear from God today? Did you hear from Jesus today? Have you found a place to be quiet before the Lord and listened for that still small voice of the Holy Spirit? Teaching, discipling, directing, rebuking, correcting you and your life. Jesus wants to spend time with you. Jesus wants to disciple you. He wants to mentor you. Did you read your Bible today? Take time, make time, carve out time to be with the King of Kings. Secondly, take time, make time, carve out time to not just read the Bible, but to go and do what it says to go and do what it says. Friends, it's not enough for us to sit in our comfy pajamas with a cup of coffee reading the Bible. We've got to go and do what it says, which is love our neighbor as ourselves. So as important as it is to crack open the Bible, as important as it is to quietly sit before the Lord, it's just as important to get in your car and to go and to meet with that person and to help that person or to do the thing that God has asked you to do. I'm not telling you to do it out of your own, uh, intuition or your own thoughts, but to listen to God, God, what are you saying to to do? Who are you saying to meet with? Where are you telling me to go? Listen and go spend time on people, spend time on doing the things that God has laid before you to do. Moses couldn't just sit there uh, at the burning bush and say, yes, I've seen God. God is good. He had to actually go into the, uh, the very place he did not want to go. He had to go in and visit Pharaoh and say, God says, let my people go. He had to actually go and do the thing. David had to actually get the stones in his sling and fight the giant. He didn't just talk about it. He didn't just say, I have faith enough to do it. He went and did it. Abram didn't just say, I heard God. I heard the voice of God. Tell me to go to a new land. No, he actually got up and he went and he did it. We have to go and do the things, the Bible, the things that Jesus, the things that the Holy Spirit is putting on our hearts and our minds to do. And then we're going to reap a harvest that's so great. Let's go on to read this next part of Mark chapter 4. Verse 21, it says, he said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whoever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out in the open. If anyone has ears, let him hear. Do you take a lamp and put it under your bed? Do you just take your your Bible? Do you just take the things that you have learned in church, the things that you have learned that Jesus has taught you, and just keep them to yourself? Or do you go out into all the world and preach the gospel? with good deeds, with your life, with your words, with your actions. God has a plan and a purpose for you. It's not set aside for just certain people. It's for everyone. Every single person who calls on the name of Jesus has access to the Holy Spirit. We are compelled to go and to be a witness to what God has done. I want God to get some glory. To be a witness says, I saw something happen. A witness of a crime sees a crime and gets to go in before the judge and jury and say exactly what happened because he saw it. To be a witness about Jesus is to say, I saw Jesus do something in my life. I was part of it. I was there, and God provided when I had no money. I was there, and God took me, a wretch like me, and turned me around. It's my story. It's my life that God took me from a, a person who was angry to a person who's not angry anymore. God take, took me a college, someone kicked out of college, and, and, and ordained me into ministry. God does miraculous things. I'm, a, I'm witness to it. I have lived it. Let me tell you about it. You are a witness to the power of Jesus. Go and tell somebody about it. Testify to the glory of God. Whatever part of your journey you're on, God has a plan for your life that's beyond the plan you could come up with. And we've got to take our light and let it shine out. We're not going to put ourselves and hide ourselves away in the corners of uh, of our bedrooms or our churches or or places where we quietly sit and read the Bible. We quietly sit and read the Bible. We quietly go into our prayer closets and pray, but then we go out into all the world and we preach the gospel and we make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We go and do the work of the ministry not because we have some title but because the title that's in us is is the spirit of the living God the title that's upon us is child of the living God we are witnesses to what he's done how can we stay quiet count your blessings and then go tell people God is stirring, God is moving God is doing something and he's doing it in me if you're sitting in a place right now where you have your Bible, if you would hold your Bible in one hand and you would hold your cell phone in the other hand, take a look at it. Grab your Bible, grab your cell phone. Which one is more important to you? Which one do you know how to navigate more? Which one always goes with you? Our Bibles have to be in our hearts. Our Bibles have to be read. Our our Bibles have to be worn out. The pages of the Bible have to to be part of who we are. And it's got to be part of what we do. Not just what we read, but what we do. And I'm afraid that our phones have become more important than our Bibles. And I'm afraid that our actions have become even less important. And so when we go out into the world, we are a dim light. And God wants us to shine. The only way to shine brighter is to be filled up, to overflow with the presence of God by spending time alone with Him. Today, I hope that you are challenged to two things. Challenged to the fact that God has a plan for your life. That He takes everybody and anybody. That He takes the weak things of the world to confound the wise. The foolishness of the world to confound the wise that God uses uh, people like David and Daniel and Peter and Paul and in every single account that we have, a regular people. Jesus came to seek and to save all of us. So number one, that God came and can use you. And number two, that you've got to go and be used. And you'll bring God so much glory. I want you to be one of those people that produce a a harvest that's that's a hundredfold. That little seed of faith planted in you. It's grown. Now go and do the things that God has called you to do, was purposed for you to do. Listen to that voice of God. This is get up and go. Listen to that voice of God that may tell you to stop and talk to a person, to turn your car around and go somewhere else. To call that friend, to send that text message, to do the thing that God has called you to do today. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the examples that you've given us of, in the Bible of men and women who have gone before us, this great crowd, this great cloud of witnesses that have gone on before us. God, of men and women who were serving you with everything that they had, that were living out their faith lives and they weren't perfect. They didn't do everything perfect, but God, you use them. And God, you promise that you can use me and you could use every single person that's listening. So God, I pray that the faith in us gets stirred up. God, I pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit spirit burns within us, that God, we would be compelled to go and be witnesses to the corners of the earth, that we would go and do the things that you have called us to do. God, I pray that you would use each and every one of us. God, I pray that we would produce a harvest that's a hundredfold what was planted in us. God, make us useful for the kingdom. I pray in Jesus name. Amen.